Merry Christmas, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Two Guys in a Chainsaw. Well, I should say happy holidays, right? <laughs> say whatever you want, man. <laughs> I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. All right. Well, we, we're going to cover everything anyway. We know that the holiday season isn't just uh, about Christmas. It's about a lot of different things. And the minute that we find a really good Hanukkah or Kwanzaa-themed horror movie, we will definitely uh, be doing it here. Absolutely. There's, there's got to be a good Ramadan I feel like some horror movie themed around the fact that you can't eat has to be. <laughs> I mean, that just that sounds like a horror movie, just that premise. I hesitate to even say this out loud because I feel like it's a million-dollar idea. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll edit this part out. We'll see. So we decided to do something a little different. You know, we have been um, oftentimes scraping the bottom of the barrel for these Christmas movies, although interesting ones do keep popping up. This time, we realized that there are quite a few fun little Christmas shorts out there, especially with the proliferation of the internet. These are things that uh, any of our listeners could go out and watch after we're done talking about them, or even before we start talking about them. Yeah, we, we could even like post them on our site, and you could watch them. Oh. <laughs> and enjoy them with us. <laughs> Let's not go that far. Come on. <laughs> that would be too easy. You'd have to dig like us. Well, no, that's that's exactly what we're going to do. If you go to our site, you'll be able to see links to all of these uh, movies that are out there. All of them are relatively short. None of them, I think, is any longer than like 15 or 20 minutes. Right, right. And a couple of them are just a couple minutes long, but we're including them anyway because they're kind of fun. Uh, we scoured several. I mean, there's a bit out there uh, for these Christmas shorts, and they all vary in quality. Uh, they all vary in creativity. That's kind of what you get when you go to YouTube, right? So... Yep. We tried to find the six most interesting ones uh, that we ran across that other people seem to enjoy uh, that had relatively good production value and uh, some creative thought behind them and were varied. Uh, we didn't want six Killer Santa shorts. Right. Because there's a ton of that out there. So uh, we limited it to like two. <laughs> and and the rest of this uh, is going to be, I think it's a good mix. I think we came up with a really cool mix this year. How about you, Craig? I do too. So let's start off with the first one. Interestingly enough, my wife and I just got done watching a, uh, in, a documentary on Netflix called Tree Man. And this is about people who drive to New York. Apparently, there are very few New Yorkers who actually set up Christmas tree sales places, Christmas tree what do you call them? Stands. Lots. Lots, whatever. They're all from out of state. So uh, in New York City, there's this guy who drives down like 500 miles from Canada, and he sets up his little Christmas tree uh, stand, and that is like his family business. He's away from his family for a whole month. So uh, it was interesting that somebody had this idea to include the Christmas tree in a horror movie. What happens to these poor trees when they get shipped in from across the country, and uh, how does it traumatize them? And how could they perhaps get their tree venge? <laughs> and, and that's exactly what this thoughtful horror movie uh, does. It's called Tree Venge. And when it started out, were you getting um, shades of recognition just from the score alone? Oh, gosh, I don't even remember the score. But w what I liked about this one is that it totally had like kind of like a 70s. 
yeah. low-budget horror movie feel. It's from 2008, and it was directed by Jason Eisner, who did a segment in VHS 2. I'm not sure which one. And he also worked on Hobo with the Shotgun. And uh, this one, you know, it, it pops up with the music and, like, a very 70s-looking title, and it, the footage is kind of grainy. It kind of looks like a low-budget horror movie from the 70s. And it was very Christmassy in the very beginning, and, and so I was into it from the get go. Well, it panned out across Christmas trees out in the fields, right? Out in their natural habitat. And this music yeah. that was playing was ripped directly from Cannibal Holocaust. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, it's this I- idyllic footage of like these snowy trees in the field. And I-, I didn't recognize the music at first, but when I went and, and did a little bit of reading about it, I-, I saw that too. And I was like, oh yeah, that was the Cannibal Holocaust mu- music. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's, it's fitting. It works. It is, you know, and thematically it works. I mean, it's sort of the idea is that here these outsiders come into all these trees that are perfectly happy living out alone in the woods away from civilization. They chop them down, they bring them, and then they stick them in their house. And it's funny because you never really get this sense of if you if trees were like living and could talk, what horrible things we actually do to them at Christmas time. Yeah. But this movie makes sure you know, and it's it's total tongue in cheek. It is hilarious. Yeah, it's 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 funny because you see all those trees, and then you see a guy with an axe, like in a very ominous way, like in a horror movie kind of way. The like the baby tree is like quivering and, <laughs> and making little, little chirping sounds. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, they're not actually speaking out loud in a way that human beings can hear them, but they can communicate with one another. And um, one of them's like, "Oh, I wish I'd stayed in school." And <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You get little subtitles at the bottom, and all you hear is this. It's so oh, funny. Gosh. Well, these guys it's hilarious. Come, yeah, they come in. It's so funny because they're uh, and, and it's like these are the most brutal tree rippers down of all time. It's like they're like. A few trees, you know, basically <laughs> like coming in, like taking a chainsaw to him and taking an axe to him and yanking him around. It's it's hilarious. These guys get a little too into their work. And then they go and they bring them to one of these, you know, places where they sell trees. And it just takes you through the whole process. So it's kind of like all these little trees get taken home. And then we see what happens once they've basically had enough uh, in each of their environments. The funniest part about this is the subtitles, because you just do get these little, like, squeaky noises from the trees, but um, the subtitles are just hilarious. Like, when the people are cutting down the trees, they're like, they're killing us all! (laughs) What did we do to deserve this? (laughs) What did we do to them? (laughs) Uh, And it's just funny, you know, like, it takes something, you know, that we just don't consider it all and makes it funny you know like they cut down all these trees and then the ones that aren't desirable enough like just get burned like it's like a holocaust of trees and uh and and then they do they you know people come and buy them and and set them up in their house and just you know little things like this family buys a tree and they go to set it up and they put it in the christmas tree stand and they start screwing in the screws for the christmas tree stand <laughs> like the trees are like screaming <laughs> oh it's mean but it's funny 
<laughs> it's well shot too you know it really takes uh the cinematography pretty seriously as though this were a horror movie zooming in on the screws and twisting and twisting like a like a scene from saw or something like that but then yeah. uh, i think is it the family where the where the first kill happens where the girl stands up they're unwrapping presents under the tree and the girl stands up in front of it and goes i got a doll and the tree just grabs her it's like its branches wrap around her and pull her in and she, just blood starts flying out everywhere like it's yeah, eating her tons of blood too much blood but it's so fun of spraying all over the family and the tree throws its star like a ninja star into the dad's neck and <laughs> <laughs> then it cuts it cuts to another family and they're opening their presents and like blood starts dripping down on their presents and they're like what's going on and they look up and there's a the cat is dead in the tree like <laughs> the tree has killed the cat that's right what's the the funny you know what i liked and really appreciated about this one was that it wasn't afraid to like really go out there like it, it, it's really gory but there's just lots of really crazy stuff going on like when people are still like putting their trees together and stuff like this one guy has like dug a hole out of the trunk and is like lubing it up like yeah that was like, so and it's and it's this skeezy guy like you like you could he's got this you know big grin on his face and you can totally tell like what he's planning like it's it's so gross I think my favorite though is the couple. They're they're uh, like making out on the sofa, and uh, you know they've got the tree behind them or something like that. And the the girl makes some suggestion. I can't remember what it was. And he goes, "It's Christmas. I just want to." F- <laughs> like okay <laughs> and at, that, oh, at that point the trees grab them and uh the tree grabs them and then you get a direct nod to again one of these old italian uh, horror movies from the 70s zombie where we have this slow motion kill where a woman gets slowly pulled against a splinter by a zombie that is going straight for her eye uh-huh and in this case the tree branch piece it starts going slowly into her eye and then it comes out of her eye and like out of the other eye and then out of her mouth and then it goes across to his eye and it's like bringing them closer together by weaving itself between their eyes and their mouths until they come together uh at christmas time it's actually pretty heartwarming when you think about it <laughs> well in the end i mean it's just total mayhem like people are running in the streets and like trees are killing people in totally grotesque oh, it ways kills a baby <laughs> yes yes like i feel like that's the cap like yeah they saved that for the end where the, the, the tree stump just crushes a baby's head um but there's also like a blink and you miss it moment where a tree is raping a guy <laughs> behind a snowbank. Like, <laughs> it's horrible. Uh, and that's it. Like it just it just ends on all that mayhem. But I I thought it was a really clever idea, and I loved the '70s vibe a bit of it. And um, it, it was it was goofy and and fun. Uh, I I really enjoyed. Like it's potty humor it's uh it's tasteless gross um yeah oh yeah it's totally tasteless but um and (laughs) it's there are some there's a couple of these that we're going to talk about and there's one in particular that i thought oh my gosh this was actually kind of a really good idea they could have made a feature length 
film about this, but this one I think just works really well in short form. Yes. You know, just give us, I don't even remember how long it was, 10 minutes or, you know, it's really short and uh, it worked really well in that medium and I, I just thought it was really clever. Yeah, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes goes on far too long. You know, there's only so far you can take this concept of these inanimate objects. You know. Sure, sure. And so, yeah, I, I agree. This worked really well as a short. I do not want to see this expanded into a uh, full length. You'd have to do. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, you know, it, 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 it totally seems like something trauma would do, you know? Oh, yeah. It's very trauma. Anyway, super <laughs> clever. I, I, I recommend it. Take a, take a look at Treevenge. It's <laughs> my go. My go-to word is cute. It's cute. It is cute. It's cute. Watch it. <laughs> We're going to be saying that about a lot of these. <laughs> tree rapes a guy and another guy <laughs> yeah. loops up the tree branch. Yeah. Was it the same guy who was looping up the tree? I don't know. Maybe. maybe I hope so. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I hope it was the same guy. <laughs> well, speaking of cute, I don't know if you call the next one cute or not, but it's 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 fun. It's just a couple minutes long and it's called The Winter Stalker. And it is simply a, a short short almost like a kind of visual poem. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just a few minutes. The idea is that uh, Santa is alone in a cabin, uh, and you know, Santa watches you, right? So Santa, in, many people could say, kind of like Elf on the Shelf, right? Santa is a bit of a stalker himself, and so it takes that idea uh, and runs with it a little bit and says, "Well, what if Santa really were a stalker? How would everything that we know about him, you know, having his list and people writing letters to him and stuff, how would all that really play out then?" Well, yeah, what song is that? Is it? Santa Claus is coming to town. That's the, the he sees you when you're sleeping. Mm-hmm. He knows when you're awake. Yeah, yeah. It, it totally plays on that. Like it, it's just really dark. And I appreciate when you take something innocent and just put a dark spin on it. That yeah. totally makes sense. Like the Santa is writing letters back to these people, and he's like, "You know, I watch you when you're sleeping, right?" <laughs> <laughs> In the meantime, we're hearing like um, voiceover and we're seeing quick grubby clips of, of, you know, again, it looks like he's in a tool shed or something like that by candlelight uh, with his hands dirty and messy and everything gross, you know, scratching all this stuff out. It's just deliciously nasty. Like there's (laughs) imagery where the milk from the milk and cookies like gets splashed up on people's faces. Oh yeah. Like, it's, it's it goes totally, to a few places like that. It's totally it's totally like a cum shot. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's so nasty. <laughs> but it's hilarious. It is. Uh, and and like it's so brief, but it's really pretty artfully done. Oh, yeah. Like it, it's well shot in the, you know, just those three minutes or however long it is. Well, it reminded me a lot of um, of a short that was really popular on their internet for a while that I think even won an Emmy or something, starring Bill Oberts Jr., and it was called Don't Take This Lollipop. Have you ever seen that? No. It's a it's a site that you go to. It's called, and you should, go don'ttakethislollipop.com, and you click on the lollipop anyway, and it tells you, um, we're going to, you know, give us access to your Facebook profile to watch this short. And then it sticks stuff about you and your friends into the short in the context of this crazy psycho guy who's coming after you, basically. Oh, that's funny. It's really cool. And it it is, this is almost 
almost, I would say, in many ways, ripped directly from that. You know, it has a similar type vibe to it and a similar style of shooting. Um, but again, I don't want to. I don't want to downplay this one. It, it's it's quite good. Um, but but then the ending, right? The ending of it is still like, well, it's still Santa delivering presents. Yeah, they still get their present. They get what they wanted, and then yeah. That's it. It's not like he comes and murders anybody. <laughs> no, no. It's funny. It's just a nice, funny take. I mean, it's just looking at the whole mythology of Santa from a different perspective. And it's it, and it makes sense. I mean, that's what makes it so clever is that if you think about it, you know, this creepy guy that watches you all the time and knows <laughs> what your deepest desires are. And it's, it's, it's funny. He, he'd he be going a little crazy. I think he'd, he'd have yeah. a big bird and let's just put it that way. <laughs> he would end up pretty twisted by the end. Uh, this movie makes that argument. This is actually how he is, right? You still get your presence yeah, at the end. Be. You just don't need to know how the sausage is made. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the third movie that we uh, that we reviewed is uh, it's one of the most uh, well produced films I think that we had. I felt anyway. It's just as far as lighting, as far as pacing goes, characters, the acting, and everything. Um, I really enjoyed it, and it's a lot more comedy than the other two. Well, the other two are quite comedic. Let's just put it that way. But uh, this one is more uh, almost a little slapstick in some ways, uh, and that is called Humbug. Mm-hmm. 2016. Fairly new, right? Two years old with a uh, female writing and directing and starring team with this. I actually went to their YouTube channel thinking that maybe they had a lot more of these uh, kinds of shorts that they've done. And I don't think they've done anything since like a year or two ago, and they only have maybe half a dozen things up there. But I was really curious to see what else they did because I thought the concept behind this was was cute. Again, cute. Yeah. Yeah, clever. So it starts out with this, uh, for lack of a better word, goth girl. And like, she obviously hates Christmas and she's like sketching in her sketch pad and like sketching decapitated Santas and stuff. And um, she like colors the picture with her own blood. Like <laughs> when you've, when you've only got 10 minutes or eight minutes or whatever, how long it is, um, you really gotta, you know, nail the character right away. So, you know, so she's, you know, cutting herself and coloring her pictures of Santa with her own blood. And, uh, there's loud Christmas music playing next door, which pisses her off. So she goes next door. Her neighbor is this cute, perky, blonde girl, um, who's super smiley, like over the top, ridiculously cheerful and uh, happy, and uh, <laughs> yeah, she's the embodiment of Christmas cheer. Yeah, yeah, right. And she tries to bestow that Christmas cheer onto the grouchy neighbor, but when the grouchy neighbor is just having none of it, she, she tases her. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll do this the hard way. And then, yeah, and then ties her up in Christmas lights. And then I remember she tells a story about an old man. That was the night old man Yates knocked on our door. We knew him as the jolliest man on the block. He brought us a peppermint icebox pie every year. So that's what Mama was expecting when she opened the door. But that's not what he brought. Merry Christmas, she said. And I will never forget the way he looked. He looked different, like like all the joy had been sucked out of him. And the thing he was holding, it 
was the most terrifying thing I have ever seen. It was a... Uh, never mind, I don't care. The other funny thing about this story is that as she tells it, she takes a sip and sets from a, a thing of whiskey that she offers the girl that she doesn't take. Uh, so she takes a sip from it, and as she sets the bottle down, you see that it's old exposition whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. The cheery one tries to give the grumpy one some eggnog and she won't drink it. And so she force feeds it with (laughs) a funnel. (laughs) (laughs) It's a three-step process, actually. She force feeds her the eggnog with the funnel. uh, And then she tries to get her to sing. She breaks one of her fingers in a nutcracker, which makes her sing. Uh, And then she goes, okay. And then she climbs on top of her and just starts French kissing her. And yeah, there's some hot lesbian action. I was like, whoa, okay. And then uh, suddenly the, the kissing turns into sucking. And I thought, is she going to bite her tongue off? You know, is it going to get that dark? That's what I thought too, mm-hmm. yeah. But as actually, as she um, pulls away from her, it turns out there is a creature, the humbug. Is yeah. <laughs> she's basically going through this ritual to pull this humbug out of her, and it looks like a giant black sperm or something from Alien or something, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> it's gross but it's it's i don't know it's funny like i wouldn't go so far to say is it's scary but it's it's funny and it looks good like the effects are pretty good like she pulls she pulls this gross thing out of her throat and then the mean girl is cured and she loves christmas too and so they go caroling together and if i remember correctly and i may be wrong but like they go caroling together and i feel like the mean girl still has like the blood crusted around her lips. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever they go caroling to is also a humbug and slams the door in their face, but they're like, that's okay. And they hold up the taser. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Doing it all over again. Oh yeah. my gosh. I, I thought this was hilarious. And what a clever idea. Like, I mean, it's truly original. I've never seen anything yeah. like this before. It's really cute. It, it is. And, you know, I have to say, you know, you and I both, um, one of the, actually, I think the next one we're going to talk about is All Through the House, uh, which is the one that we're going to talk about is actually a remake of uh, a short that comes from an anthology. W- what's it? What's the anthology that it comes from? Do you remember? Tales from the Crypt, uh, the original movie from the 1970s. Oh, that's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it stars Joan Collins. And the, the whole way that this episode was inspired was... I really like, I've never seen that original Tales from the Crypt movie, which I can't believe. And we're going to do eventually, which oh, is yeah. why we didn't do the Joan Collins version this time around. You know, sometimes short form horror, it just can be really, really fun. Mm. And we've done two or three at least Christmas anthologies, and we've done Halloween anthologies, and we always really enjoy them. And um, it's not that I'm sure there are others out there that we haven't seen, but I guess we were just feeling kind of lazy and we just kind of decided to put our own together this time around. <laughs> but I'm glad we did because I, I do. It's it's just kind of fun to get, you know, a complete story in 10 or 15 or 20 minutes. And I feel like in that form, good or bad, you don't, you know, like if it's good, you're like, oh, that was so much fun. If it was bad, you're like, well... It was only 10 minutes. Yeah, I didn't waste a lot of time. It didn't take 
too much time out of my life, which we can't say about a lot of full-length movies we've had to do on this podcast. It's so true. This but one, Humbug, Humbug was a good, this was an example, I think, of a good one. A really cute, clever idea, you know, playing on the whole Bah Humbug and, and making it an actual entity. You know, who knows? Somebody could have maybe made a full-length feature and maybe it would have been good. But I just, you know, in this short span of time, uh, it was cute and it was funny and it was gross and... The acting was good. Yeah, the acting was good. The production was good. Well, and it was just, you know, again, when you have a short, you only have so much time. You really need to make every second count. And what was great about this one was how unpredictable it was. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, you know, something like Treevenge, you get the idea. You know you're just going to see a bunch of people getting murdered by trees, and that's going to be it. But in this, like, every second you're thinking, where is this going? You know? <laughs> and uh, and it surprises you by the end. It surprised me anyway. So I think that that takes a lot of talent. And I also like seeing these people who don't have the advantage of a big budget. They're financing this themselves, which means – or at least I assume so. I don't know. But yeah, um, they're financing these, this thing themselves. They're probably shooting it on, you know, handheld cameras or at best, you know, some – not studio-level cameras, but with – lighting and and set prep and costuming and and good acting um they can really do a lot and uh it, it really showcases talent that we might not get to see otherwise and i just really enjoy them i spend a lot of time watching horror shorts on youtube there's there's so many and some of them are really good and some of them go on to inspire feature length films every year in my class my english class we do a unit on horror fiction and uh, i show them these uh shorts and one of the ones that i have shown for years um is lights out and that got picked up and got turned into a big budget hollywood film that i haven't seen but the original <laughs> short was really fun and so I, I just like to see you know kind of maybe nothing will ever come of these low-budget filmmakers, but sometimes this is where they get their start, and I just like to see these people who are passionate about what they're doing have a forum, and and with, you know, the internet now and YouTube, they have a platform, and that's fantastic. I love it. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable, actually. We couldn't do something like this, you know, 15 years ago. Right. Couldn't have found, you know, who watches shorts? 15 years ago. You'd have to go to like a film festival. Right. You just have to be totally into this sort of thing, you know, and, and to seek this stuff out. And now you can go on and you can watch these and you can find other ones. And it's, it's spend a whole day going down the dark rabbit hole of YouTube and, oh, and yeah. Vimeo. The good ones are on Vimeo. Oh, <laughs> the good ones are on Vimeo. That's true. There are some really good ones there. Okay. All right. Uh, moving on to All Through the House. As you mentioned, this is a, a remake from the original anthology film from Tales from the Crypt. And this, the remake, premiered in the first season of the TV series on HBO, Tales from the Crypt, which, as a kid of the late 80s and, and 90s, uh, Tales from the Crypt was like crack to me. Like, oh my gosh. I loved it so much. It was scary, but it also had this great vein of dark humor running through it always. Mm -hmm. Always these famous directors, high quality production value, um, famous people. In, yes, um, yes. Fa 
That's exactly it. And I was watching this uh, last night, and I was watching the credits, and I was look. I was specifically watching the opening credits because I couldn't remember the name of the main actress, and her name is Mary Ellen Trainer. She is such a recognizable face from the '80s. She was the mom from the Goonies. She was the mom from Monster Squad. This uh, the screenplay for this was written by Fred Decker, who did the Monster Squad. Uh, it was directed by Robert Zemeckis. Uh, yeah, like like so many crazy famous people involved in this it's so fun i love this like i said it's the holiday season we're busy i i watched the first half of these shorts last week and then last night uh i was running behind and so i made my partner watch the rest of them with me and Mm -hmm. this is one of the ones that we watched and he really enjoyed it too and he's not a big horror fan the premise this it's just it's so wacky like and that's yeah. what i love about tales from the crypt it opens up and some great christmas carol playing over the credits and it's panning through you know this idyllic Uh, snowy scene and then into the house that's totally decked out for Christmas. It's so Christmassy. It leads up to the mom, Mary Ellen Trainer, murdering her husband with a fireplace poker. (laughs) Yeah. Just comes up behind him and says, Merry Christmas, darling, and whack over the head. (laughs) The guy that plays her husband, he's famous too. I mean, every face you see in this, except for the little there's a little girl. I don't know her from anything, but Oh, I'm sure she went on to do great things. <laughs> oh, I'm sure she did too. I'm sure she did too. But this woman apparently is murdering her husband um for his money and she has a lover and like it's so it's so silly. Like she calls her lover and leaves a message on his answering machine. Darling, it's Elizabeth. I know you told me not to call, but I just had to tell you. It's done. I did it. It's all ours. The money, everything. We're free. Merry Christmas, darling. It's total cornball. It's so Tales from the Crypt. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like, nobody in their right mind would do that. It's the stupidest thing you could possibly do would be to record your confession on an answering machine tape. But she does, but while she's trying to drag her dead husband out to throw him down the well, because apparently they have a well. Another bad idea, but... <laughs> my, my partner... God, it's so funny. My partner was like, Ew, don't throw him down there. You have to drink that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh God. But anyway, while she's dragging him out there, we hear on the radio that this lunatic has escaped from the loony bin and has stolen a Santa suit and has killed several people in that area. And then he immediately shows up and it's just mayhem. Like, and it's just so fun. It's so fun. And scary. It is scary. Yeah, that's right. It, but it, 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 the one thing that keeps it from being 
scary is that it's really played up for cheese. And I'm yeah. actually pretty surprised because it Tales from the Crypt's kind of like Twilight Zone, you know, yeah. in many ways. There's always a twist at the end, and they always go in all these different directions. Sometimes it's a little closer to sci-fi. Sometimes there's a supernatural element to them. Sometimes there's a comedic one. And this one is definitely more in the comedic vein, where this woman, she's a good actress, and she plays really yeah. serious. But if you only saw her in this movie, you wouldn't think her capable of playing serious, because she hams it up yeah. so much. I mean, it was clearly a choice, and the and the the villain he just looks terrible. You know, he's got wily eyes and this chubby face and these bad teeth, and he's your classic textbook comic book killer escape from the mental asylum with an axe. And he, <laughs> he is, you know, I, I wouldn't say he's like a huge actor or anything, but he's well known too. I, yeah. I don't have his name written down, but you and I are old enough to remember L.A. Law that show featured a character who worked like in this law firm I think he was like a clerk or whatever and uh, he he played a character with special needs and that's this guy Um, and he just like he does he just looks he's so crazy eyed and and goofy looking but he is just a lunatic it's not like he's menacing it's not like he's stalking no. her around like the second he shows up he attacks her and they fight and there's all kinds of craziness going on well and there are a lot of inside jokes too which is you know something you've got fred decker behind the helm of the of the writing and uh this guy just has a love for the genre and you know goes back and he's done what he did night of the creeps which was kind of a throwback to a 1950s style sci-fi yeah, yeah. horror film um, and he throws in a lot of these small um, Easter eggs. I don't know if you were ever a fan of reading the comics. Uh, I the didn't. reprints came out like in the. Well, a whole bunch of reprints came out in the late 80s, early 90s, and I ate them up, and I have almost the whole series at home. Oh, it's awesome. And I got really into the history of these horror comics, and the guy who did the horror comics, the editor and kind of in charge of the whole deal, kind of like the Stan Lee of the 1950s horror uh-huh. comics, was named William Gaines. And uh, he started Mad Magazine uh, as part of this his whole empire, and that's the one thing after the horror comics kind of got booted off the shelves because parents couldn't stand him anymore. Um, that's the one thing that kept him going and then made him even more successful. So anyway, uh, long story, but uh, if you listen to the radio, you hear that they're in the game. Gaines County area. Mm-hmm. And when the guy, um, the policeman calls them up on the phone, he says, Mrs. Kamen, this is Sergeant Feldstein. And and these are um, writers, editors. Uh, Feldstein, I think, uh, Harvey Feldstein was either a writer or a, a, an artist uh, for them. And Dean Kamen was a writer as well for Tales from the Crypt. And he, he stuck those little things in there too, which is That's really great. cute. You know, it's just it's just a fun little short all around. It really is. And again, it's like you really don't, I mean, the situation she's in, at one point she's locked herself in the closet and you think she's fine, but the real problem is that there's a daughter upstairs. Right. And she's excited for Santa to come. And so this guy dressed as Santa starts climbing up the trellis while this woman's locked herself in a, in a closet. So now she's got to get out of the closet, but now she can't get out of it. <laughs> right. It's just a, a comedy of errors of her trying to escape him and then turning around and trying to save her daughter, which is typical you know, of these horror comics. There's always a morality to them. This woman does something bad, and so she, this is her punishment, which is, again, what kind of separate? This could have been a killer Santa just 
terrorizing a family. It could have been this simple home invasion thing. But it's this woman getting what she deserved, basically. Yeah. That's the idea behind this one. And you've talked about that a lot when, you know, on the podcast, uh, how these Tales from the Crypt, and, you know, there's all kinds of them, Tales from the Vault. There's all all different ones, but they are. They're, they're morality plays, and, and it's usually about bad people who get what's coming to them. And uh, this is precisely that and it's a lot of fun my favorite part i think was when the santa first attacks her she immediately runs inside and calls 911 and they're like okay well where are you and then she looks outside and sees her dead husband that she's killed and realizes <laughs> that she can't have cops coming to her house clever which i thought was so funny yeah, and then I don't remember if then she hears on the radio or if the cops tell her that this psycho has been killing people with an axe and like she gets this idea and she she goes oh, they fight, she and Santa <laughs> fight and she knocks him out and he's knocked out in the snow. And so she goes out with the axe and axes her husband and it's so it's just funny. It takes her several swings but she eventually gets him. And I just like, you know, these twists like that could have worked out so well for her if she had won. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> if she had won, it would be so easy to say, oh, the psycho killed him. And it would have, you know, nobody would have thought any different. But serendipity for her. She, yeah. right. She doesn't win. You know, this, the Santa gets to the daughter and, uh, the mom, after she breaks out of the closet, runs upstairs and nobody's in her daughter's room. So she runs back downstairs and she's so relieved to see her daughter standing down there. But then the daughter's like, look, Santa came. And and she pulls Santa out from the other room holding his hand. And the mom is just screaming, no, no, no. And Santa goes, naughty or nice. And then it just like extreme close up on the mom's face screaming, no. Like, <laughs> oh, I love it. I've seen that one a million times and I love it every time I see it. It's it's. Huh, it's good. It's a lot of fun. Check it out. It is great. Oh, and you know, Mary Ellen Trainer at this time was Robert Zemeckis' wife. Oh, I didn't know, Did that. know that. No. Yeah, apparently. I don't wow. I don't think she is anymore, but at the time she was. I think he's had a few. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> All right. What's next? All right. The next one that we watched uh, was called Do You See What I See? Mm -hmm. uh, and it opens up on uh, Gal coming uh, over to smoking outside of a house and walking into... Um, it's like it's like a suburban neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Things are decked out for Christmas. Uh, and she goes into the back, and she meets a guy who's in the back kind of grilling, uh, who's half-dressed in a Santa outfit. And uh, there's a Christmas party going on inside, and they have some banter back and forth. You don't find this out right away, but eventually you figure out her name is Sloane, and she is going to her sister's house for a uh, Christmas party, her sister Jessica. And, like, Sloane is, like, the kind of... Janine Garofalo? Yeah, the, yeah, the like the smoking, cynical one. And Jessica is like the perfect suburban one. And when Sloan gets there, her brother-in-law, Chris, is like outside in the Santa suit, like smoking weed, and like they smoke weed together or whatever. Then the wife, Jessica, comes out and she's like, Chris, that's just a rental. We can't afford to have it smelling like weed. It already smells like ass, Jessica. 
<laughs> I just thought that was such a funny line because, you know, those rented Santa suits have to be so disgusting. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? No. Even worse than any other costume because they've got to wear them for a while. you got kids climbing all over. Right. They're right covered in storm. pee and uh, they're very disgusting. Usually fat, sweaty people like me in them anyway to start out with. So. <laughs> like you. Okay. <laughs> but uh, uh, Jessica, the the good one, is hosting an ugly sweater party. Uh, God, there were just some good lines in this one. I actually really liked this one. This is the one that I was talking about before when I said this one maybe actually could be developed into a feature film. Yeah. And uh, Jessica says something, like she looks around, it's not snowy, and she looks around and says, I wanted a white Christmas this year, but I guess that's not happening. You're having an ugly sweater party, Jess. It's about as white as it gets. <laughs> oh god it's, it's so funny it's got this sort of hip dialogue that actually pretty that actually works you know it's a very yeah. modern sensibility young you know 20 somethings you see from the very beginning that it appears like sloan is being followed by somebody like you see like kind of a michael myers-esque menacing presence like behind her kind of out of focus as she's approaching the party. And then they have the party and everybody shows up in their, you know, ugly Christmas sweaters and stuff. And it's very typical. And there's, you know, family tension between Jessica and Sloan because Jessica's trying to hook Sloan up with some guy. And Sloan is just sick of Jessica interfering in her life and blah, blah. But meanwhile, we also see that somebody has picked a lock and gotten into the party and is uh, down in the basement and some guy gets sick on eggnog and goes down and is throwing up and he gets his throat slit um, and it's it's good production value like it, it looks mm. good and some stupid girl up at the party is like I talked to a psychic and they said that I'm going to meet a tall dark stranger uh, ha ha <laughs> uh, and and it basically just becomes kind of this um, slasher for a, a second, but it goes by so fast. Like, Chris goes downstairs, and you're not sure if he gets killed, but then somebody else goes down to look for him, and he definitely gets killed. And then the killer comes up, and the, psych, the girl who was going to meet the tall, dark stranger gets killed right away. And then it's just a massacre. Like, it's just this guy yeah. in, like, a, a snow mask, a ski mask, just stabbing people left and right, and people are running out of the party. And I kid you not, Craig, I kid you not, about after the first murder and the killer's, like, I don't know, bundling him up in the in the bathtub or doing whatever he was doing in there, and we saw him, I was thinking, that's interesting that he has glasses. Oh, I didn't think that at all. I mean, I guess maybe I should have. Yeah, like what killer in a movie would have glasses, you know? Cause, yeah, he's wearing a ski mask. Yeah, because he's wearing a ski mm-hmm. mask and he has the glasses on, like, over the ski... Like, the... Whatever you call them, the side pieces are, like, stuck in the eye holes. But he's wearing the glasses. It, it didn't occur to me, but... Very good of you for noticing, because it's important. Because then he comes upstairs and he corners Sloane and Jessica and the guy that Jessica was trying to hook Sloane up with. And he kills the guy. And then 
it, you know, it's it's very typical of these kind of Christmas horror movies that family who have been fighting and bickering the whole time now have to have one another's back and protect one another, which is exactly what happens. And Jessica protects Sloane, and I and I feel like Jessica even takes a knife to the side. She's okay. Sloane, the bad girl one, um, bests this bad guy and kills him. And uh, Jessica's like, what's going on? And, and Sloane's like, I don't know. And, and why she would do this, I don't know, but whatever. Hmm. She takes off the guy's glasses and puts them on. And then it's this twist that there's no way you could see it coming. No. And this is why I think that they really maybe could make this into an actual feature. It turns out that this guy, these glasses, when uh, Sloane puts them on, she looks at Jessica, and Jessica is a demon. And she looks around at all of the people who have been slain at the party, and they are all demons. So apparently this guy was like on a demon hunting, <laughs> whatever you would call it. I, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I maybe missed something because you don't see Chris, the the husband, die on screen. And I just kind of thought that we had seen him die off screen. But then Sloan, the bad one, opens up the basement door and Chris apparently had been on the other side of it and goes flying down the door. Did it turn out that he was not a demon and that's why he not got killed? Is that what I saw? I think what happened, if I interpreted it correctly, and I had to rewind it and look at it, but what she was seeing through the heads-up display, I think, was a video game. Oh. It was like an augmented reality video game, like we're supposed to be seeing here really soon, where you know it mixes yeah. in other stuff with reality, and he just was taking it so seriously that he was going around and actually killing people, but the game was putting you know demon faces on them. Well, that would make perfect sense, and also be even maybe more clever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, otherwise it would be a little more like they live, right? Right, but, uh, right. Yeah, and and that actually was I thought brought up some really interesting thoughts. I mean, we do have this kind of technology coming. We're, you know, we've seen demos of it. Yeah. Magic Leap and Microsoft has one and there's all these these things coming. It's, you know, something like this could very well happen. Sure. Where a person either forgets they have their glasses on or it's just crazy enough that they mix the real world and the, and the fake sure. world and they start seeing these things and they start, you know, creating real havoc. It's kind of nuts when you think about it. Well, and, and I think now thinking back that you're probably right and I think that that's even more clever. Like, I just, I really, <laughs> Really liked this one. I, I, the it was the a good characters one. were interesting. The production value was good. It had that cool twist at the end. Yeah. In fact, like you said, it could easily be developed into a full length, probably, and it would. Uh, it could go in different directions with that, and it almost makes the short feel a little rushed. Mm -hmm. And at some, like you said, it all happens pretty quickly. You don't want to see half an hour of this, but you know, if it went off in some different directions or had some other characters in here, for sure, it would make a great premise for a full-length movie. I think. Well, and and what differentiates it from some of the other shorts that we've talked about is that the characters seem like they've got some depth to them. Like we could spend more time with them and and learn more about them and their history and their relationships and. Uh, I don't know. I just 
I dug it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got one more. One more. Sleigh Bells. I, I won't... Th- this one was not my favorite, but it was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, we thought we would end with the oddest one of the bunch. This one is definitely odd. And although it looks like it was put together with a lot of heart and has some surprisingly good makeup moments or whatnot in it, it is one of these that looks like it was shot on somebody's home video camera. Yeah. yeah um, in, in many ways. So as long as that doesn't distract you, it's really the story about a woman who, is she supposed to be a witch? Okay, now I don't know what was going on with her. There's this woman. She's, you know, totally suburbanite, blonde. She's dressed like Mrs. Claus. She's slim. She's beautiful. The thing that I didn't get, I don't know. I understand why you're asking that question because the she glides around everywhere. Yes. <laughs> like she doesn't walk. She glides like... I don't know if they were pulling her on something or if she was like on a hoverboard or what. And there's even one point where like it almost seems and it doesn't seem like a production mistake. It seems like it was part of the plot, but like her gliding apparatus like seems to get stuck at some point. Did you notice that? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and well, the the whole short is filled with this sort of non sequitur, unstated comedy that's still kind of over the top. It's a little Naked Gun esque in that way, uh-huh. right? Yeah, you're not really sure if it's ineptness <laughs> or it's just total wacky out there. Like a bunch of guys sat around and thought, "Oh, this will be good to throw in there. Why don't we throw this in?" Or if it's all kind of cleverly planned to be to give this vibe, this this level of this layer of comedy to the movie that's just really out there because mm-hmm. it gets more absurd. It's it's a very absurd it is. kind of movie and story really. And there's, there's nothing wrong. I, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I, I did think it was clever in many ways. Okay. So there's this lady and she's hosting Christmas. And at first I thought that it was her friends that were coming over, but you eventually realize that it's her family Mm-hmm. And it's her mother and father and her younger sister who show up at the door. And I guess she must live with her either older sister or just younger sister. She, the main lady, she's hosting Christmas herself. It's just her Christmas. And she wants to make that perfectly clear. And everybody keeps asking about... Um, the other sister, like, well, isn't Amanda helping? Because Amanda's always so good at this kind of thing. And she's like, no, this is my Christmas. Eventually, there's kind of a confrontation in the kitchen where... And her sister seems very normal, very millennial. But at the same time, like, the the main girl, whatever her name is, has, like, put in a turkey and stuff, and Amanda, the sister, is like, well, I took out your turkey because you weren't having making any cupcakes, and how are you going to have Christmas without my special candy cane cupcakes? And the sister gets so angry that she kills Amanda, and then she she wraps her up. She wraps her whole body her whole body in Christmas paper and then brings it into the living room. People are like, what's that? And she's like, nothing. <laughs> she's like, it's, it's pieces of Amanda. I mean, presents for Amanda. Like it's so absurd and, and ridiculous, but funny at the same time. 
And then she's cleaning up the blood in the kitchen, and the brother comes in, and he's like, what are you cleaning up? She's like, oh, I dropped some jam. And he's like, oh, I love jam. And then there's this disgusting scene where he, like, sucks, (laughs) like, the bloody jelly gross off her fingers. And, like, ew. (laughs) It's your sister, you (laughs) (laughs) grosso. But the whole thing is uh, absurd like that. It's like this. And there are yeah. and, and there are, you know, such silly lines like where's Amanda? Well, she's a bit wrapped up at the moment. Like just silly stuff like that. And then so the the brothers like, is that the turkey? That's never going to cook in time. We need something more warm, more supple. And like it goes on and on and on. And so she cooks up Amanda and serves it to them and they're like, what is this? And I, I don't remember what she says, but it's something like, oh, it's an Australian turkey. Meanwhile, there is a human foot sitting on the table. Like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so yeah. silly. And then, and then they ask, well, what's for dessert? She says, uh, ginger snaps. And she looks over at one of the girls, and I guess she's ginger? I guess. No, brand. it wasn't even ginger snaps. Brandy snaps. Brandy which surely snaps. are not even a real thing. And then, you know, it's minutes later where... She's killed the sister, yeah. And she serves one disgusting... It's like a cookie wrapped around raw meat. Yeah. The mother tastes and is like, mm, this is really good. It's just so... Oh yeah! Again, it's it's like an absurdist play. This thing. Yeah, and the 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 main girl keeps saying to the mother because at this point everybody else is dead. She's killed the dad for unexplained reasons. She's uh, or the brother, whoever it was. She's killed the sister to make the brandy snap. So everybody's dead except the mom. And she keeps saying to the mom, say it's the best Christmas ever. Say it's the best Christmas ever. And the mom starts <laughs> to say it, but then she chokes. So the main girl throws her into a wheelbarrow like she's going to take her to the hospital or whatever. And then this is where, like, the whole thing is so bizarre, but I really liked the twist at the end. Apparently something had happened that had driven the entire community crazy. So it wasn't just that this one girl had lost her mind. Something had happened that had caused everybody to lose their mind so she's running the mom around in this wheelbarrow down the street meanwhile everybody else in the neighborhood is murdering each other and you know just being totally looney tunes then the mom a car hits the mom in the wheelbarrow um so (laughs) the main girl goes back home but she finds a christmas card from her mom and she opens it up and it says this was the best christmas ever and she's so happy and then that's the end (laughs) (laughs) i don't know like it was it was clearly very low budget it it seemed like an early effort from an aspiring filmmaker but it was ambitious and it was clever and uh you know, I, I I liked it. I, I didn't enjoy it as much. I didn't think it was as well made as some of the other ones that we watched, but I I I, I liked it anyway. I did too. You know, I started out thinking I was going to hate it, and as it went on, I thought, oh, this is like, 
you know, some 12 year olds made a movie and thought this was funny. But the fact that it really stuck with it Mm -hmm. throughout, it really committed to this idea and this character and this just bizarre stuff that it was throwing at you up to the very, very end. I thought, okay, yeah, some mind went in, some minds went into this. You know, they're going for a kind of absurdist thing here. And it actually cohesively sort of works it doesn't entirely work but it's it's fine you know it's again it's one of those like comedies where you have to suspend a lot of disbelief where it's you know people of course don't notice that people are dropping off and there's suddenly only fewer people at the table and they don't even ask where they are you know right right you just forget about it and go with it and uh yeah it's cute it's definitely among and why it's on this list is it's among some of the better ones we found out there so yeah and we did watch other ones some good some not so good but they're really are so many available and uh if you're into this kind of thing i would say check them out there there's some fun stuff uh out there you will you'll you'll wade through some crap um but you will find some gems uh and and i honest to god i i do i I go on YouTube and Vimeo. There are really good ones on Vimeo, too. And there's some really good stuff out there. And I bet money that uh, some of these aspiring filmmakers will make names for themselves. And we can go back and say we knew them when. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Maybe they'll call us in with a critique at their... uh, Of course they will. I mean, why wouldn't Mm. they? All right. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. And thank you for listening again to another episode. If you enjoyed this one, please share it with a friend. Um, We have a lot more coming up, obviously. You can check out back episodes. We've done all holiday films this month. Uh, And if you haven't caught some of our earlier ones, like Red Christmas or Jack Frost, go back to our website at twoguys.red40net.com and uh, check out those as well. And like I said earlier, we will be posting links uh, to the shorts that we reviewed here as well, so you can share in that as well. And if you do happen to find some other great Christmas shorts uh, that we missed, please uh, drop us a line at our Facebook page. Uh, just search for Two Guys and a Chainsaw and uh, let us know what you what you found, and we'll go out and watch them as long as they're short enough. <laughs> <laughs> We've got the new year coming up for you. We're big dorks, and we still like to try to find New Year's themed movies, so uh, we're probably going to find another one for you this time around. Until next time, I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. With two guys and a chainsaw. Chainsaw.